0: Mark Twain was in Utah giving a lecture and he came across a Mormon and the Mormon was trying to argue with him that having multiple wives was a good thing. And Mark Twain just kept having the discussion and and the Mormon finally said, I'll tell you what, prove it to me in scripture that having two wives is not good. And Mark Twain thought for a moment and, and he said... The Bible says, "You shall not serve two masters <laughs> there was a w- <laughs> there was a wife and, and, and she she asked her husband to snuggle up with him uh, after her last kid went off to college and, and and so he laid his head on on her lap and And they were just having a a good moment. And and she takes off his glasses very carefully. And and she looks at him with her sweet voice. She said, honey, with your glasses off, you look just like you did when I married you. And the husband looked at her and said, honey, with my glasses off, you don't look half bad either. (laughs) Today I have the privilege of starting Sugar Grove, the Sugar Grove campus out, with a brand new series called Relationships. Uh, It's been said that relationships are the most important and valuable thing in life. Uh, First, when it comes to God, obviously, and and then when it comes to communicating with others. In fact, the Bible, it's just filled with stuff about good relationships and with bad relationships. And God knows that he's the only way that knows how to do it right. He's the only way to, to know uh, how we could have a healthy and vibrant relationship. Far too many of us fall short of the idea that we see relationships uh, and, and others just broken. In this series, there, there's, a, there's a group of pastors, and I don't know if you're aware of this, I assume you are. I know Tim preaches a lot here on this pulpit, but there's a group of, of pastors Uh, that come together every single Monday. Uh, Pastor Tim Baddahl, Steve Lombardo, Josue, Dave Heidel, and and myself, and Travis Fleming, forgot about Travis. We come together each week and we talk about uh, what we're preaching that week, what we're getting ready to preach, and and we're starting a series called Relationships. In this, we're going to teach on the relationship with the Trinity, our relationship with God, singleness and dating, community relationship, forgiveness in relationships. Personally, I will be preaching about families. And then today, I'm going to attempt I'm going to attempt to bring forth God's word to talk about the relationship of marriage. Well, this message like all messages focus more on than just what the topic is. Yeah, we're going to talk about husbands and wives and the interaction Thereof, but, but we're going to dig in uh, to something much deeper, and I hope that we'll glean more than just about the sacred relationship of marriage, but that we'll see the relationship is only because of God. You see, we only know how to love because God loved us. We only understand grace because of the grace that God offered us. And if he's not involved, if God's not interwoven into that relationship, frankly, the relationships are are worthless. When the messages were spread out and and, and divvied up between all of those relationship messages, uh, somehow, I I received the topics marriage and family. I'd like to think so, but I know that I'm no expert. No one calls me Dr. Phil. Uh, I I haven't been asked to To speak and focus on the family's radio show There's no cameras following Myself and my family around for the learning channel It'd be quite a comedy (laughs) But when I was assigned these two topics I went to God I went to God and, and I just begged That he would help me That he would give me some clarity Maybe some of you don't know me Maybe you don't know who I am. I, I'm the campus pastor at the Indian Creek campus out in Chavano. My family and I, we have attended this campus right here, Village Bible Church in Sugar Grove, since December 24th, 2005. We've been here for a long time, but there's a lot of new faces. My wife, Sherry, and I, we have five kiddos. and, and, and they range from almost 17 years old to just turning 8 in fact Sherry and I just last Tuesday we celebrated 19 years of marriage yeah 19 years and you know what she's been awesome she's been awesome to put up with the shenanigans that I've given her for the last 19 plus years and I'm thankful I'm thankful for who she is you know the marriage relationship isn't always easy In fact, it's hard work. It's hard work. And that's why half the people, Christian and non-Christian alike, they give up. They run away. They throw in the towel. People aren't willing to do whatever it takes. It's sometimes in their mind just easier to say, you know what, I'm going to start over. I'm just going to start over. And it brings us to where we are today. The marriage relationship. Today we're going to dig into to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, another letter written by Paul. You see, we just got done with Second Thessalonians. And the book of Ephesians is, is Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus. And he wants to connect with them. And he wants to make sure that they understand uh, of... The fact that Jew and Gentile alike are seen as the same in the eyes of God. They're equal in the eyes of the church. So if you're willing and you're capable, would you stand? As I read from Ephesians, the fifth chapter, starting with verse 22. It's four books back to the left of Second Thessalonians, if you're used to going to Thessalonians. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands. that she might be holy and without blemish. Verse 28. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful that it affects us, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And we pray, God, that you, you will be proclaimed today. We pray that you can get all the glory. We pray that you, Holy Spirit, will teach us, will teach me. Please, God, be with us. Please strengthen us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen, maybe see them Well, the first thing that we need to look at when a husband and wife want their marriage uh, to be blessed by God is to see that they commit their lives to a godly home. We need to see that they commit their lives to a godly home. I, I believe there's, that there 's three primary things that need to take place if, if this is going to happen, and the most important one of all relationships. The absolute most important is the commitment requires that both the husband and the wife, that, that they pledge their lives to Jesus Christ individually. That they pledge their lives to Jesus Christ individually. Th- this, is, this is the foundation of any relationship. It's everything. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus talks about building his house on the rock. Absolutely crucial That you are going to build individually and then together your marriage on Jesus Christ. Because when the rains come and and when the wind blows and and when the water's splashing against the house and, and all things are going like chaos, it's not going to fall down. But when you build your marriage on something less than God, it's like building it on sand. And it's going to tumble. It's going to break. It's beyond crucial that both of you, both the husband and the wife, are laying everything at the feet of Jesus. Laying everything at the feet of Jesus. Scripture's clear that we are not to be unequally yoked. When we're pulling that plow together, we want to be able to, to do three, four, five times the work because we're doing it together. This is a sacred relationship. I'm sure that many of you know about the relationship triangle. Where where the husband and wife, they're working on their horizontal relationship all the time. And if individually they're working on their relationship with God and getting closer to God and, and, and knowing God more intimately, they will get closer with each other. For some of you, maybe you're saying. Pastor Phil, that, that, that's a really cool graphic. Really, really nice. But you know what? My husband, he doesn't want anything to do with church. My wife, she doesn't even care about God. And you're talking all about loving God and, and serving him and getting closer. I'd say first and foremost, pledge your life to Jesus Christ. We talked about doing this individually. Pledge your life to Jesus Christ. Know that he is sovereign. Pray. Pray constantly. Get on your knees and pray and and, and thank the Lord for what he has given you, the gift that he's given you. Understand that that your man or your woman, that your spouse, that there's a reason for some reason Reason that they're having these feelings where they're not liking church or they're not liking God You you don't know but you fell in love with them at one time and there's a reason you fell in love with them find that Build on that and keep giving it to God We got to move on If you're committed to having a godly home both husband and wife also need to purge sin on a consistent basis You need to purge sin over and over Again in any, this is practical for any relationship. Because what happens in a marriage relationship, it really is ugly when a husband or a wife are not purging sin, a habitual sin that is stuck with them. When a husband doesn't deal with it, the relationship starts crumbling. When a wife doesn't deal with something that she's, that's been, uh, she's been doing over and over and over for years, it creates havoc in the relationship. You know, when I thought about this, I thought about two specific sins for whatever reason. I thought about pornography and I thought about gossip. And, and these two sins are running out of control. Pornography with the eyes, gossip with the mouth, those two things, man, they, they, they just take over people's lives. In 2014, Proven Men's Ministry conducted a nationwide survey and connected with, with all these Christian men. They wanted to find out what was going on with pornography with Christian men. Here are some startling stats. Only 3%, let me say that again, only 3% of U, adult U.S. Christian males claim to have never viewed pornography. Approximately two-thirds, 64% of Christian men admit that they view pornography at least monthly. With respect to Christian men between 18 and 30, 77% look at porn at least monthly, 36 at least daily. Within the Christian community, 54% of those identifying themselves as born-again Christians, 54% admit to viewing porn at least monthly and 14 daily. If you think that marriages don't have an issue with pornography, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. And you know what? These are just facts for men. The numbers for women are rising every single month Husbands and wives Frankly, this is adultery This is adultery If the sin isn't purged women will continue to feel anger hurt betrayal and rejection Women will continue to look at themselves and they'll say I'm not worthy Even though your wife is absolutely beautiful if you're into pornography. She will feel ugly Old And not even desirable You know in August And September of this coming year The pastors are preaching on On a sermon series called The seven deadly sins If I was to add to that I'd say that the eighth deadly sin Is gossip The eighth deadly sin is gossip And, And how many times Have I seen Have I been scrolling through Facebook And I see a wife Post something about her husband something that I wouldn't even tell my best friend face to face The only thing that happens when you start talking about your spouse to somebody else Unless it's true counseling and guidance from from somebody who can actually help The only thing that happens there is hurt. It may make you feel good while you're doing it, but it just causes hurt it's a sin, and you need to purge it. The third thing that both spouses should commit to is to pursue each other continue, constantly. Just continue to pursue each other. Remember when you were first dating? I think of that. That was a long time ago. I think I started going, going out with Sherry June June 6, 1995. That was a long time ago. And you know, we, we, we sat and, and we would talk about, oh, what if we got married? What would life be like? I'd ask her to go out on a date. I, I, I'd get her flowers and, and maybe a card that cost more than 99 cents. <laughs> I, I, would, I, I would ask her if, if she wanted to catch a movie or, or go on a walk At the state park, doors were being held and opened, umbrellas brought out. And you know what? She actually wanted to play catch with me or shoot hoops. Maybe go hunting with some of you, skiing. Now, after so many years, when was the last time you went on a date? When was the last time you asked her to go out to eat? When was the last time you went and bought flowers, even if they were from Jewel? They have great flowers. (laughs) When was the last time you bought a card that was more than 99 cents? When was the last time you opened the door for her? When was the last time either one of you celebrated that crazy holiday called Sweetest Day? How about this? When was the last time you and your wife went to bed at the exact same hour on a consistent basis? We're called to love one another. Uh, too many times we, we get in ruts where it appears that we're only thinking about one person, and that's ourselves. Uh, we, we love taking care of ourselves. When, when the real goal should be we're trying to outdo the other, By serving them and loving them. All the books would tell you that. We we, we need to look at our wife and we need to learn about her love language. Wives, you need to learn about your husband's love language and understand who he is, what their personality is. And we need to speak to him and speak with volumes. You need to pledge your life to Jesus Christ. You need to purge sin on a consistent basis. And you know what? You need to pursue your spouse. Pursue them. Next, if you want your marriage to be blessed by God, you need to commit your lives to godly priorities and positions. We'll start with the husbands. In our scripture today, there's an awful lot that talks about husbands. Ephesians says husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself Let each one of you love his wife as himself You know, I I see two primary things here When I look at the scripture, I see two primary things. I, I see that the husbands should remember To lead their home through example that they need to lead their home through example. I, I've talked to several guys. Several guys that, that, that say, you know, I, I, I want them to go golfing with me or I want them to go to a movie uh, or, or do, uh, play some basketball. And, and they'll be like, you know what, let me check with the boss. And we know the translation. Let me check with my wife and and find out if there's a schedule that I wasn't listening about and and She'll know what what if I can do it or not you know there 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 was this guy who went to heaven And he and he looked and and there were two signs there and and one sign said uh, for all men Who are led by their wives line up behind here and then all men who led their home was over here in this line he saw that there was tens of thousands of men and then he the sign that said men who led their home he saw one guy so he walked over to him and and he said hey you you led your home you're you're in this line he goes I I don't know what you're talking about my wife told me to stand over here (laughs) you know man it's easier sometimes just to stay out of the way Just to get out of the way, I have recently, in the last about year, I've talked to six different engaged couples. I didn't know I was preaching on marriage, but I, I talked to them, and I kept asking the same question out of curiosity. How much are you involved in the process of the wedding? One person, one of those six, actually said that they're pretty heavily involved. Everyone else said, no way. They, they said, one guy said, I'm just pick, picking out my tux. That's the only thing I care about. Another guy goes, I'm just making sure it doesn't cost too much. And, and you know what? 20 years ago, when Sherry and I were getting married, man, I just got out of the way. I did anything she wanted me to do. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. I, I, didn't care about, uh, I didn't care about the cake. I didn't care about pictures. I didn't care about the dresses. And I definitely didn't care about the flowers. My goal was to stay out of her way. And you know what? I think I speak for most men that we don't feel like that was not leading. That was us. That was wisdom that we were taught from men ahead of us. <laughs> that, that we were to just take a step back, get out of the way, because it's her special event that she's been thinking about for years. And be willing, if we just got involved, we'd just mess it up. But what is our scripture describing when it says that the men are the head of the household? I believe that God has just set forth an organizational structure. I believe that's what God is doing. Just like God is the head of Christ, even though that they are one, that's the same as man is the head of the wife 1st Corinthians eleven three says but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ the head of the wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God men we have an ultimate responsibility to be leaders in our home when it comes to bringing forth God's Word when it comes to being an example as I continue to look at Scripture and I and I, and I looked over the idea of the husband being the leader and the head of the home I understood clearly that it did not mean dictatorship. It didn't mean that it was a dictatorship and it was my way or the highway. It it didn't mean Scripture wasn't teaching that you have to make sure you are planning everything about the wedding. No. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus Christ sees us as his followers, not as male and female. However, he has roles, he has positions, and he has priorities. It's important for a man in his home to be leading himself in studying God's Word. That he is personally leading in God's Word. Look at the point again. Look down, or look up here. Lead their home through example. It doesn't say lead their home through through dictatorship, lead their home, through telling people what to do. No, it's through example. God's word definitely talks about that. The man should be taking care of the needs of the home through hard work, through hard work, through careful planning, and through diligent, get this one, discussions. I'm sure I scared about 80% of the men here saying those three things. Hard work careful planning and diligent discussions because you know what if you're like me If something needs to get done, we don't need to discuss it. Let me go get my tools Let let me fix the door so it swings closed and and I'll take care of it But I found that when I sit down with my wife Sherry and, and and I lead the discussion on what needs to be taken care of, whether whether that's transporting the kids, financial obligations, uh, taking care of uh, a car, uh, buying a registration sticker for your car. They don't even mail you anything anymore. Whatever it is, I found that when I initiate the conversation, there's a lot of good that happens. First, I'm showing Sherry that I care enough about thinking about these things. I think that's, that's a huge factor For our wives to see that we actually care about the things that are going on at home Second, I'm taking care of that low-hanging fruit. I'm actually taking care of business and third I mean a need that my wife has to talk About things talk through things not just run a business and I think men we we like to just run a business We've got all the tasks. We take care of them We get it done and then we have time for senseless TV And that's what we want to do. We want to just keep moving. You know, prayer is another place where a man can be a tremendous leader. Are you actually praying as a man? On your own. Are you actually getting on your knees at some point and and, and praying to God? Are you making sure your family prays before meals? In the morning, at bedtime... How about this? Are you asking your wife, can we pray together? We have to keep moving. Another thing that husbands should remember to do is to love their wife through sacrifice. Love their wife through sacrifice. And I love the example that Christ has given us. His willingness to serve and and to sacrifice is is unbelievable. I I think of three main things that, that we've seen in Jesus we saw when, when he sacrificed his eternal position and come into time as a little baby and came to earth. What an unbelievable sacrifice that we can't even understand. How about, how about when he washed the feet of the disciples? How he served them instead of making them serve him? And then obviously... When he sacrificed his own life. When he went through the, the horror of, uh, of being beat during that early Friday morning and then he gave his life on the cross. Here's a question, men. Are you willing to die for your wife? And I bet, I bet almost 100% of all of you would say yes. But here's the next question. Are you willing to live for your wife? Are you willing to to do what it takes to be a strong leader at home? Are you willing to give up that ball game? Are you willing to turn off the TV? Are you willing to think about her? As husbands, we have a huge responsibility to lead. Huge responsibility to lead. It, it, every single day through our example with words and deeds and behavior. We have a responsibility to our precious bride to sacrifice and to serve. Remember what I said earlier, husbands, try to outdo your wife in romance. Try to think about her frequently. You don't have to post about it and you don't have to make a big deal about it. Just do it. Just do it. Sit down with your spouse tonight. Sit down with your spouse tonight and have a conversation. Let her know in whatever way you know how to explain to her that you adore her. Find out what needs to be done, how, how you can sacrifice more, how you could support the family more. Lead the discussion. Make lists. Celebrate as you follow through. Wives. Wives should remember to submit to their husbands through obedience Let me say it right off the bat The wife first needs to submit her life to jesus christ. I know I said that earlier But you know what that's her number one relationship with jesus christ Just saying the statement wives should submit to their husbands is not good in 2016 It's not good It's actually bad People take it as bad and and they, they feel like when you say submit, you're talking about a lesser worth. Do you know that Jesus Christ over and over submitted himself to God the Father, yet in no way at all was he of lesser worth? I carefully chose this point to say that the wife should submit to her husband, not to any man. Scripture doesn't teach that that they're to submit to men. It's submit to their husband, to her groom. And this submission only happens. It only happens. true submission. What, what, it, what it biblically means, it's, it, it it only happens when you are obedient to Jesus Christ. When that's your end goal is to serve Jesus Christ. So what's it look like? Many times, a wife that is submissive is looking for a husband, is looking for her husband to be the leader. Even when you think that things aren't going exactly as you'd like, you allow it. You allow your husband to lead. Even when it's not exactly the thing that you wanted to happen because you know that this is how it's supposed to be. As long as it's not going against the law or against God's commands. This happens when a, when a wife is willing to go into situations, life situations, and just trust God. Just trusting that God is in control because you know what we're not perfect And to submit to an imperfect man Is truly a godly thing for a wife however if If there's loving forgiving uh, And submitting going on i'm not saying that this should be happening uh When you are becoming a doormat, when when there is indefinitely intolerant things that are happening that are causing significant havoc in your life, when you're being hurt, you need to seek a pastor out, you need to seek somebody out of specialty right away if that's happening. I read one blog from a Christian woman who, who talked about submission. To her husband and what that really looked like and, and she wrote 50 different things that she felt like as a Christian woman that she felt like scripture was teaching and how it's practical in, in today's time. Here are just a few. Ask him what do you think and actually show interest in what he says. You know don't just ask him about do you like this dress that's a setup question. We will always say yes. Criticize less what he does wrong and voice your thanks on what he does right. Just a simple change. After discussing a big decision, be willing to let him have the final say, even if you don't think it's the exact right one. When you get frustrated at your husband's lack of leadership, stop and remember that his pace may not be your pace. His style may not be your style. Let's face it. You women... Are extremely bright. You know, most universities are full of uh, all of these people at the top of the academic chain, and most of the time, they're women. What is it? Eight Eight point something out of ten women are the valedictorians. Out of ten. Most of the time. You know, you, you guys can read situations that we can't read. You can see things that we can't see. And that's why wives should remember to serve as a helper to their spouse. While this is true for everyone, that we're to help one another, it was, it was a special responsibility given to the wife. Genesis chapter two eighteen says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good, that the man should be alone, I will make him a helper fit for him. Husbands need their wives. Husbands absolutely need their wives. We have so many holes that need to be filled. Just this past Friday, I was talking to Bill Griffith. He's one of the guiding elders uh, here at the church. And I asked Bill uh, about, you know, actually today is Bill's 51st anniversary with Alice. Is that amazing? Give them a hand. <laughs> 51 years. I, I asked Bill about his marriage, and he said, you know, Phil, Alice fills every spot, every hole that I have. She fills it, and she makes our, our, our life complete. She is an unbelievable Helper to me I asked bill. Hey bill What's the secret of your marriage? You guys love each other I just celebrated 19 years. You're getting ready to celebrate 51 years. What what's your secret? And and he said two things two things Phil loyalty and trust He goes that that's that's with each other and with our lord and savior That's, that's an answer from a real pro. Wise, recognize your divine calling. You have a divine calling to be a helper to your husband. John fourteen, sixteen. It says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Therefore, since the Lord desired to aid us in every possible way, He created a woman to be a helper and, and an aid for the man. You know, if you desire to be the greatest aid and help to your husband, it's all in your godly character. It's all in, in your moral strength. And it comes from your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I've said this so many times. I, 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 there is no chance I'd be the man that I am today. A man who is absolutely in love with Jesus Christ absolutely in love with his kids, wants to serve people, I wouldn't be that type of man. And I'm, I'm beyond uh, flawed. But I still wouldn't be that man if it wasn't for my wife, Sherry. Two final thoughts. Marriage is established by God. It was established by God in the beginning. And, and marriage, frankly, is just an example It's an example of Christ in the church. Genesis says, And the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman for the rib that he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. We serve an awesome God. God. We serve an awesome God. He created two beings from one. They were so similar, yet so different. We, we would expect nothing less, I guess, from a God that's a trinity. God created woman from the side of a man so that he wouldn't be alone. And in the same manner, he created and discovered God created the church from the side of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. That's amazing to think about. What a beautiful picture that a marriage is to show us that it's a picture of church and Jesus Christ. David Kyle Foster said, there is a profound and awesome reason for the way God ordered the creation of man. One that is commented on throughout scripture and one that we must observe if we were to find the fulfillment of our very being as humans. It is ordered as a union of a man and a woman in marriage, heterosexual and monogamous, an order that Jesus unambiguously reaffirmed in Matthew. You see, you and I, you and I and every believer, were created to live in a marital union with God. That's what we were created to do, both now and in the age to come. Everything about a healthy marital union on this earthly plane has been designed by God to be a reflection of the interaction that we are meant to have with God himself. Serve Jesus Christ. Commit your marriage to God, knowing that he is everything. And you know what? At Indian Creek, so many times, I have, I have closed my sermon by saying same phrase three different times. Read the word read the word read the word Let's go to the lord Heavenly father lord. We are thankful We are thankful to serve you And to worship you We're thankful to to know that you Are the designer of every relationship First and foremost our relationship with you Lord, thank you for our wives. They complete us. I'm sure the wives are thankful for their husbands as well. We pray for leadership and opportunities to, to guide our, our not only our wife, but our family and those around us to serve you, God. We can't thank you enough for, for what you have done Through your son, Jesus, thank you for his sacrifice, for his example. Thank you for his resurrection. Lord, somehow, somehow help us to be a blessing uh, to our spouse, be a blessing to those we are sitting next to. Help us somehow to be a blessing to you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.